Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Good to see you, church. Want to welcome all those who are joining us online. We have a very, very faithful church online. I'm grateful to each of you for each week joining us. Uh, thank you so much. Now, just people in the house today that that have been listening uh, online for a long time. They decided to come check it out for real. So thank you for that. I appreciate that a lot, very much. So I titled the message this morning. It's a little different title. You're gonna wonder what in the world this title's about, but I'm gonna get to it in a little bit. The title of the message is simply, it's not a question. It's not a question. It's found in John 15. If you wanna go there, go to John 15. We'll go there We'll get to John 15 in a little bit. I need to set it up a little bit. John chapter 15. So let me ask you a question. How about all this rain? Amen. Everybody liking this rain? Let's give the Lord some glory for rain. Amen. You know, in East Texas and South Texas, that's a normal week. But in West Texas, that's just absolutely supernatural. So God bless us, man. Thank you for all the rain. So here's what consistent rain and consistent humidity, if you've ever been in part of those countries, if you've ever been in an area that gets consistent rain and consistent humidity, I mean, they can grow some serious big hogging trees, amen? Lord help. We came from East Texas, and we went and bought some pines the first time. We planted some pine trees. I'm like, not a tree. It's a bush. Right? I'm talking about a pine tree. I like a tree tree. I mean, that humidity and that rain makes trees. I'm talking big, big trees. But I want you to understand something. And I want to teach a principle today. That the same rain from heaven that makes big trees in creation when Holy Spirit rains down on his creation, his special creation, it can grow us like nothing else. You ever felt the Holy Spirit raining down on your life and you just want to open your hands like this and just let it catch it, just catch it, let it rain? So you had the privilege of growing up, uh, hanging out with my granddad. My granddad was three-quarter, three-quarter Cherokee Indian he big Indian man, lived down in South Texas on the Gulf Coast in a town called Clute, Texas. Uh, from my grandparents' house, you could drive 10 minutes, I could be on a beach. That's a pretty sweet gig right there, all right? Unless there was something big coming off that beach, okay? That wasn't a big deal. So I uh, had a privilege of being a part of his life. I used to go down and spend weeks, man, in the summer hanging out with my granddad. My granddad and myself are, I'm so much like my granddad, um, my granddad doesn't sit very well. I don't sit very well. I don't stay in one spot very long. Uh, I will never kill grass because I don't sit on the grass long enough, all right? Um, but I'm always up doing stuff, and my granddad's the same way. So one time I was down there, I was about 12 years old, and um, 
I'm trying to find granddad in the house. It's not a big house by any means. I'm cutting through some rooms and granddad, I can't find granddad. So Mimi, who I thought her bedroom was the kitchen because every time I got up, she was there. Every time I went to bed, she was in the kitchen. But I said, Mimi, where's granddad? I don't know, Jeff. He went in the garage. I was like, so I got in the garage. He's not in the garage. So I walk out in the front yard. Can't find him in the front yard. So I walk around to the corner. He lived on the corner, 101 Cannon Street. 101 Cannon Street is where my grandparents lived forever and ever and ever until they got a home in heaven. But 101 Cannon Street is still in our family. I have family at 101 Cannon Street today waking up drinking coffee, uh, I promise you. Uh, And so I went around the corner, and there was my granddad. And he's standing. How many of you know what live oaks are? Live oak tree? Dude, that's a big tree. Big tree. Big tree. And so my granddad's standing by this little live oak tree, and he's doing this. He's walking over here, and I'm standing back a little bit. He's still doing this. He stopped. He looked over here. And I'm like, that poor Indian, mm, he done got a hold of something because he lost his mind. And I'm trying to figure out what my granddad do. So I walk up to my granddad, and I say, granddad, what are you doing? He said, pruning. I said, pruning? He said, pruning. I'm 12. Next question from you would be, what is pruning? Amen? It's a good question. It's not a question. You don't walk up to people and say, hey, man, what you been doing, pruning? Been pruning? You don't you talk like that, all right? They put you in places. So, so I don't know what pruning is, so I said, granddad, what is pruning? Never forget what he said. I wrote it down. I want to tell you exactly how he said it to me. When you give a tree a chance to become all that God wants that tree to be. Mm. I want to say that to you again. When you give a tree the chance to become all that God wants that tree to become. Let me tell you what I'm looking at today. I'm looking at what the creator is looking at. He's got the same perspective I've got. I'm looking at live oaks. I'm looking at a bunch of live oaks. Each one of you, including me, we're live oaks, man. Made by a creator with a purpose bigger than we could ever think or imagine. And what God wants is to provide everything that we need to become all that he called us to be. So what are you doing? So he said, I'm pruning is when you give a tree a chance to become all that God wants that tree to be. And I said, well, granddad, how do you know? He turned and looked at me. He's waving that pruning knife to us. I saw, I got my attention. He said, well, Jeff, you just know. You just know. So he said, Jeff, come with me. Walk across the street. So my grandparents lived on this corner. So across the street on this corner was one of his war buddies. They came back together. He and his wife and family grew up in that house. He spent his life after the war in a wheelchair. But my granddad took good care of him. And so we walk over to this yard, and there's another live oak. And he says, what do you think about that tree? I looked at it, and I was like, ugh. 
It's a mess. It's ugly. He said, how do you think it got there? <laughs> All of a sudden, we just got real deep. I'm just 12, following an Indian around <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a saw, a pruning saw. There wasn't no back talking that day, so just with a pruning saw. And he was teaching, man. And I was just 12 years old. And I felt like there was nobody around but just me and my granddad. And he walks up to this tree that's in my, the neighbor's yard, and he does the same thing. And he just walks around it looking. And he first starts working on that tree. And then we went across to his tree. I'll never forget what he said. How'd he get there? And my granddad said, it got there when it's left to itself. Same for trees, same for people. Mm. So I want to show you in Proverbs what he said. He didn't say this, but he said this. Go to Proverbs chapter 24. We're going to get to John, but I got to, tell, I got to show you this. Proverbs chapter 24. Look at verse 30. I went past a field of a slugger past a vineyard of a man who lacked judgment. The thorns had come up everywhere, and the ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruin. I want you to look at verse 32, Proverbs 30. 30, 32, look at it. I applied my heart to what I observed, and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, in a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. I want you to go back to verse 32 because I want to ask you to do this for me today. I want you to apply your heart to what you observe. See, that's different. Usually we want to apply our eyes to what we observe. But God says, I don't want you to, to apply your eyes to what you observe. I want you to apply your heart to what you observe because your eyes are a pathway of your heart to your soul. And then I want to teach you a lesson by what you saw. So here's what I want you to do today. I know there are people sitting next to you, but today they're not. I need you to be selfish. I need you to think about you as a live oak as we talk about this. So go to John chapter 15. John 15. Look at verse one. I am the vine. I am the true vine. And my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. We'll come back to that. You're already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse five, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. 
but apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Let's break this down. Verse one says, I am the true vine. Who is the true vine? What's his name, church? Jesus. Jesus is the true vine. So who is the gardener? The father, the creator, is the gardener. Jesus says, you, I am the true vine. You are a branch off of me, a shoot off of me. You are grafted into me when you become a, a, become a Christian. When you get born again, when you get saved, you're grafted into the vine. If you are in the vine, you will grow and you will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. The Father says, I am the gardener. Okay. Can I ask you something? Do you trust the gardener? It's a bigger question than you think it is. We'll see in a little bit. You see, my, fa- my grandfather stood around that live oak and he looked at it from different angles. He kept walking around it all the time. Every time he'd cut, he'd walk around it again, and he'd walk around it again. What I learned that day was this. Many times for us, we look at ourselves in the same direction, in the same mirror each time. But the Father walks around us. And he's looking from all kind of different angles. You see, it would, it would be really good if we could understand something. That we don't need to constantly and consistently look at ourselves in our eyes. But we need to let the Father, the gardener, look at us from all different sides. It's not important so much how you see yourself. It's more important how he sees you. When he looks at you, what does he see? Not when you look at you, what do you see? Because we will introduce and tell you, tell our friends what we see about ourselves, and we will usually broadcast the good things about us so they would be so enamored by the good stuff in us, they will never see the other stuff. The Father sees our good stuff, but he also sees the other stuff. And we'll look at that in verse two. Verse two says, that he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So he's the gardener. Jesus is the vine. When you give your life to Christ, you're born again. When you're born again, he says, I I put myself in you. I put the Holy Spirit in you. I graft you into me. And as you grow in me, you bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So as you grow, you bear fruit. Is there any areas of your life that are not bearing fruit? Are there? He says, I cut off every branch that bears no fruit. What needs to be cut off in your life? Let me say it a different way. Do you trust the gardener, the father, to reveal to you what needs to cut? And do you love him enough to cut it? 
See, he sees stuff in our lives that he, that he says, this is not good. This is producing no fruit. It needs to be cut. It may be a relationship. If that relationship is not bearing any fruit in your life or helping you be fruitful, you need to cut that relationship. You've heard the statement, show me your friends and I'll show you a future. It's true. Is there relationships that need cut? Are there friendships that need to be cut? Not because you don't love them, not because they're not cool, not because you don't enjoy their company, because they don't help produce any fruit in your life at all. Is there habits that you have formed that do not produce fruit? Does the word TikTok mean anything? You can get so enamored by TikTok that you can look up from your comatose of TikTok and go, oh my gosh, when I started it was eight and now it's 10. Where did two hours go? That's called brain dead. It's called you like, they just sucked you in. You're gone. Then you become a TikTok driver. Those are dangerous enough. Don't do that. People start acting out of TikTok or they see themselves in TikTok or they see something in TikTok that they, oh my gosh, that's so funny. If you've never watched a lot of stuff on TikTok, you never laugh at it. But if you watch a lot of TikTok, you laugh at TikTok. People show me stuff at TikTok, I'm like, that's weird. And they go, no, it's funny, dad. You, you gotta laugh. And I'm like, that's just weird. I don't get all that stuff. That stuff can eat you up. Listen to me. That is no fruit, and I'm not dogging it. I'm just telling you, ask the Father, does that produce fruit in my life? If it doesn't produce fruit, it needs to be cut. Facebook, whatever you want to call it, I love it, it has beauty. I'm telling you, put your family pictures up there, put graduation, put all that good stuff up there. I connect with a lot of people through it, but there's a lot of stuff that sucks me dry. And if you don't call it for what it is and let the Father say it and love him enough to cut it, it'll, it'll suck everything out of you. You'll never produce an apple to save your life. It'll suck, man. It'll suck you up. Have you asked him what needs to be cut? And do you love him enough to cut it? Every branch that bears no fruit, he'll cut it off. Watch this. You think, well, I'm, I'm, that doesn't include me. I'm good. Look at all my fruit. But then he says this. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Can I say this to you? Everything gets cut by the gar gardener eventually. Everything gets pruned. You say, oh, my gosh. All the good stuff, Jeff, do you realize how my prayer life is growing? I've been praying the same prayer. I've been praying this prayer for like six or seven years, and man, my prayer life is like, whoa, it's never been there. Have you asked the Father if maybe your prayer life needs to be pruned a little? Well, why would he want to prune my prayer life? It's beautiful. What if he wants to prune it? so that it could be more fruitful. Let me say it a different way. So it can be gooder, better, more fruitful. Hey, if you could produce six apples, but God said, listen to me, if I could prune your prayer life a little bit to produce a dozen of them, would you take me up on it? Shoot, 
Lay it on me. I'll take another half dozen. He twicks, he prunes you a little bit, tweaks you a little bit, and you're gone. What if he wants to take your prayer life to a place it's never, ever been before? You say, well, it's so good right now. Right. So good, but it could be gooder, better. What about my Bible study time? I've been reading the same book, same quiet time, same person each time. And I have a quiet time every morning, Jeff. I'm doing really good. Yes, you are. But have you ever asked the Father to prune the good quiet time in your life to take you to a level, to a platform, to, to, to a place you've never gone in your Bible study time? No, because it's good. He says, it can be gooder. It can be better. What if I preached the same way I preached when I got here in 08? You're like, preacher, you think you want to grow, Lou? You want us to grow, but you won't grow? I look back at some of my messages in 08 and 09, I'm like, oh, God, did anybody come? That was bad. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't at that time, but you grow. What about prayer life? What about scripture? What, 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 what about tithing? We've been tithing this way, and God's been faithful. What if he wants to take you up a notch to show you even more of his goodness? What if he wants to do more? See, a lot of people think if they're doing good stuff with the Lord, God will never prune that. What? You can do a thousand things good, and God says, you're not doing anything, doing a thousand things good. You can do a bunch of good stuff, but do really nothing. How about you just do the small things and the little things that I'm breathing on? Have you ever asked the Father, out of all the good stuff I do, where are you breathing? What are you breathing on? Because God, that's what I want in on. I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff that's good, but God wants to prune you so that the good that you're doing is even gooder, even better. Have you ever asked the Father to step back as a gardener and say, God, look at my life. Look at the stuff that I'm doing. Look at the stuff I give my time to. Look at the stuff I give my energy to. Look at the way I use my time, my day, and places I go and the people I meet, things I do. Is there a way that you would want to maximize what you're doing in me so that me as a live oak will be, even, will be everything that God created me to be? Have you ever done that? Are you just happy being a live oak? A live oak left to itself will become a mess. You ever heard the term, he can't get out of his own way? Some people that way. Things that bear fruit, he prunes so they be more fruitful. So here's the question you gotta ask. Heavenly Father, what do you say about this? Heavenly Father, what do you say about me? Heavenly Father, what do you say about my prayer life? Is it where it needs to be? Or are you gonna take it up a notch? I'm in three foot of water, how about six? Ooh, can't swim at six. Can't touch bottom. I know. I got you. You just pray like, pray like you're sinking. <laughs> I got you, all right? How about my Bible study, my prayer? How about worship? Is your worship growing? Is he taking your worship to a place it's never been before? Is he making you a worshiper you've never been before? Do you find yourself worshiping like, like never before? He can take good and make it gooder, better. He can prune you. Heavenly Father, what do you say about this? God, Heavenly Father, what do you say about my life? Is there something that needs to be cut out? 
Is there something that needs to be cut? Is there things in my life that are taking me from you? Are there things in my life that you've blessed me with and given me the means to have, but by having all of this and being blessed by all of this, you have decreased? God, I'm sorry, because I got here because I chased you, and I don't want to start chasing that other stuff or riding other stuff that's chasing me away from you. Ask God to look at you and say, what needs cut and what needs pruned today? I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the more it rains, the more you prune. You ever thought about that? How many people are mowing like crazy right now? You mowed yesterday? Well, you're going to mow again today, right? I mean, when God sends heaven rain, it just grows. Sprinkler system to keep it alive, got to make it grow. You know how those live oak get to be that size? 60 inches of rain a year and humidity at 85% will get it done every time, every time. Listen, when God rains down on your life and you begin to grow in him, do you understand something? You can grow in him and grow in him and grow in him and grow in him. But as you're growing, you've got to step back and say, God, the gardener, will you look at my life and see if anything needs to be pruned, cut away, so that other areas of my life might be more fruitful. Quick little story. So this tree across the street that was a mess. I follow my granddad across the street. There are three branches that are in the middle of this tree. They're all three started about the same time. But this one in the middle has become just this rocket, man. This thing is just, I mean, it's a towering above the others. And these other two split. They yielded to it. And my granddad's looking at it. And I know he's looking at it. And he's doing this, and he's doing this. And I'm just standing there going, what's that Indian doing? And I'm thinking, I know what he's doing. He's going to cut these two on the side. So this one right here, this rocket that's growing, whoop, boom, that's going to go to heaven. Well, he did something kind of like that. He walked over, and he cut the middle one. And I'm like, what is, what is, what, what is wrong with you? That thing was growing crazy. Granddad, why'd you cut that? He said, Jeff, that didn't have a future. What do you mean it didn't have a future? Jeff, that... That, that branch was growing too fast for its own good, and it was growing in the middle of the tree where there is no light, and it was impeding the growth of two that were going to become major structure branches to support this tree for any storms of life coming its way. I didn't see any of this, but I'm not the gardener. So he cuts the middle. Ain't left two shoots. Call the sucker is what it's called. Sometimes you got to cut the sucker. I'll let that fall where it needs. But, <laughs> I kid you not. That was probably, mm, I don't know, 77, 1977, 78. Some of you are like, oh, we're even born. Don't say that out loud. All right. All right. I go back, hmm, I don't know, 30 years, granddad's funeral, 
Then again from my grandmother's funeral, I go down Cannon to the house on the corner. This, my grandparents are now in heaven. This couple's now in heaven. They sold this house. Who kept in our family? This house got sold to a young family with three kids, a girl and twin boys. I look over coming down this street. And there's this big old live oak. And there's this big, huge diesel tire swing. And them two boys are outside. It's swinging all over that thing. And I got to that stop sign, my grandparents' house right there, and I put it in park, and I went. That was that branch. That was that branch on the left. That was that branch that I said, you ought to cut them stoop ones that's going this way. Them things ain't doing nothing. My granddad cut the sucker in the middle. That branch on that live oak had to be that big. And them two boys that don't even know anything about my grandfather or anything are swinging their hearts out. Your branch will outlive you. Your fruit will outlive you. Go back to John. Chapter 3, I mean verse 3. You're already clean because the word I have spoken to you. So he, he priest lives, he sets this up, okay? How, how to produce that fruit. Let me go to verse four. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch, no branch, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He is saying, remain in me, abide in me. Once you're in the vine, once you give your life to Christ, he grafts you in. That means the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. He pumps the Holy Spirit through you. Out of that Holy Spirit, you grow. You grow and you produce fruit. Why? Because you're planted in the word. You're planted in him, all right? Go, to, go, go back a couple pages, John chapter one. Let me show it to you. John chapter one, verse one and two. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Here is the food to produce fruit. Is the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. Go over to Psalms. Go to Psalm 119. How can a young man, Psalm 119.9, how can a young man keep his ways pure? By living according to the word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from what? Your commands. I've hidden what? Your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in the following statutes as one rejoices in great riches. 15, I meditate on your precepts, the word, and consider your ways. I delight in the decrees. I will not neglect your word. You will produce fruit if you remain in him. If you are grafted into Christ through salvation, the Holy Spirit's pumping through your body right now. The more fruit, the more you get in the word, the more fruit comes from your life the more fruit produced. 
Listen to me, I promise you, the more you're in the word and the more he's pumping through you, through the word, you will produce incredible, incredible, incredible fruit. And the opposite is just as true. Absolutely just as true. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that you are in Christ. When you get saved, you're in Christ. You're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Let me ask you a question. Are you in Christ? I know you're in church, but being in church doesn't mean you're in Christ. Has there been a time in your life that you realize that you're a sinner, you're lost, you have no hope, you have no peace, you, you, you cannot earn salvation, and you look in the, his eyes and you saw his love for you on Calvary, and you said, God, I, I need you in my life. And you ask him to make you new, that just like Nicodemus, you're born again. He'll come inside of you supernaturally and make you a new creation. And I can point in this worship center right now to some of those men that gave their life to Christ and I mean radically changed their life and their family tree forever, man. Are you grafted in to him? Because if you're in Christ, you will produce great fruit. Apart from him, you'll do nothing. Verse five says that you will bear much fruit, that you will bear much fruit. He says, I am the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will what? Bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. You might be sitting here going, well, Jeff, what, what in the fat is the fruit? I'll bear much fruit. What do you mean by that? Go to Galatians chapter five real quick and I'll show you. Galatians chapter five, let me let's look at some fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit is because the Spirit lives inside of you, amen? Called the Holy Spirit. Here's what the fruit of the Spirit produces. It produces love. The fruit of the Spirit will produce a fruit called love. You say, well, Jeff, I can't love them. You can love them because I first loved them. I can love them through you. You say, I, ooh, I can't. Mm, I'm, God, I'm telling you, you don't know me. I know you. I know you are full of me, and I can love them. You are full of love. You can love, Okay. Fruit of the Spirit is joy. A fruit of your life is joy. Listen to me. For many of you who are born again, you have joy in your life. Joy must come out of your life. It must shine through you. It must sparkle out of your face. It may be on your face all the time, all right? Some of us need to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, my face does not reflect I'm born again. Somebody needs to tell their face I'm full of joy. Listen to me. The world can make you happy. I promise you, the world can make you happy. But the next day, you're gonna need the world to do some more stuff in your life to make you happy because you're a happy junkie and the world's gotta continue to do stuff, act right, be right, and all the people in the world have to act right, be right for you to have happiness. Listen to me, happiness is not of God. He didn't promise it to you. He said, my joy be complete in you. Some of you that are born again need to tell your face that's joy. Not because I'm looking at you right now, but I'm just telling you, when you walk around, man, you gotta let the joy of the Lord be your song. You say, well, Jeff, I don't feel like joy. It ain't a feeling. He probably didn't feel like the cross either. I'm sorry, I'm really meddling now. <laughs> he didn't feel like it, but he did it. 
out of obedience to his Father, great love for you. Joy, man, comes from the Lord. Peace. The world can't give you peace, can't buy peace, can't make peace. Peace comes from the Father. When you're born again, you have peace. Without peace, you don't have any peace. You don't, without Christ, you don't have peace. So one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace in your life. Listen to me. If you're sitting here and you say, Jeff, I've never, ever, 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 ever had peace in my life. I want to tell you something in love. That means you've never, ever, ever had Jesus in your life. Because Jesus is peace. How about this one? A fruit of the Spirit is patience. He said, well, Jeff, I'm just telling you right now, that I, I had to kick that one off my list because I don't come from a family of patience. That's just not something in my, my genetics. That's not in my family tree. Well, I'm sorry, you got a messed up family tree because my word tells me that once you give your life to Christ, you're born in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That means no matter what your personality is and what your family tree looks like, you have a new father and he has patience. And the more you're tapped in with the father and the more the father pumping through you, you can have patience. Amen? You need to check. You say, well, my dad wasn't patient. Well, your daddy is patient. Your other daddy, your spiritual daddy is very patient. I don't care what your earthly father is. He may not be patient, but you have a heavenly father who is your daddy, and he can be patient through you. And maybe your earthly father who can't be patient needs to see you be dependent on the father who is in heaven, who has patience, and you can model patience in front of earthly dad, and earthly dad can say, hey, hey man, you came from me. How are you patient? He says, that's a good question, dad. I am from you, but I'm really from him, and he lives inside of me, and his spirit gave me patience, and he can do the same for you. You can be patient. You can be kind. You say, well, Jeff, I can't in this world. This world jacked up, messed up, muffed up. I can't be kind in this world, man. Them people weird, right? You can be kind. You can be kind because kindness is the fruit of the spirit. You can be good. You can make good decisions. You can make good choices. Why? because goodness of God lives inside of you. You can be faithful, why? Because he is faithful. The spirit of God lives inside of you. You can be faithful. You can be gentle, because gentleness is a spirit, is a uh, fruit of the spirit. You have the spirit living in you, you can be gentle. You don't have to answer that way. You don't have to have a poisonous tongue. You don't have to have a small elect tongue. You don't have to back talk your parents, because if you're born again child of God, there's a new nature in you, and you better tap it, because I'm about to tap you, all right? Sorry, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens, all right? You need, you need, that's what's in you. You need to be what's in you, all right? I got off, so that was a squirrel moment there, boy. Right. You, can be, you can have self-control. Listen to me. As a teenager, you can try to have self-control, but if you're not born again child of the king, you ain't having no self-control. I'm gonna tell you that right now, all right? Ain't gonna happen, you can't get the fat out because you don't know how to get the fat out because the Spirit of God doesn't live inside of you so you have no power to stop. If you're an adult and you're not born again, you're gonna keep doing what you don't wanna do. Why? Because you have no power inside of yourself to stop doing what you're doing. And it's destructive. And you know it's destructive and you still can't stop. And you promise, 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 and you still do it. Why? Because a tree left to itself will absolutely choke itself out because it can't. Can't live, man. You gotta be pruned. You have the spirit inside of you, and with the spirit of God living inside of you, you have self-control, my friend. You can be self-controlled. So I want you to turn over a couple pages. I'm wrapping this up, I promise, all right? So how does these spirits, how does the fruit of the spirit live out of me? How does it come out of me? 
How does it do that? Because I'm born again, Jeff, and I'm telling you, there's some areas that you just read that I need to help on. Well, here's how it happens every single day. Look at verse uh, 20, Galatians 2.20. For I have been crucified with Christ. Daily I die. Daily I die. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You were buried and you've risen a new life. I didn't come from patience. And now that I'm born again, that buried, I've been raised to walk a new life. If you try to walk alive, okay, without dying, you're gonna stumble. He says, you gotta die to self and live out of me. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, my friend, the fruit of the Spirit produces all those different fruits. You, will, they, you say, the Bible says you will recognize them by their fruits. Let me ask you something. What does your tree look like? What fruit is on your tree? What proof is there about your life that you are born again? You can't describe someone else's tree in your family. You, did, you can't describe somebody else's tree in your church. What is your tree? What is your tree? So what's it all about, pastor? Go back, excuse me, go back to John 15, look at verse eight. This is what it's all about. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be what? My disciple. You know what this world needs? More disciples. Listen, if I release this church and you get out of here right now, I'm releasing hundreds of disciples that are fruit-bearing mugs. I'm telling you, you got fruit all over your tree. Then you need to go out there and let them recognize you by your fruit and they will know you are my disciple. They'll say, how in the world did you get apples on your life like that? I am plugged into the true vine named Jesus my daddy is a gardener. He prunes away anything that sucks life away from my apples, and this is the result, baby. That's what you get. Yesterday, and I'll close with this. I was at our house that we're building, trying like, <laughs> whew, trying to get some flat work, amen. Bless the rain, right? But trying to get some flat work. So the concrete guys were there. They didn't leave till 510 on a Saturday. Got there at 830. There's four of them. Two English, two speak English, two didn't. Never don't know these guys. They were referred to me because I can't find concrete guys, not even the guy I used, all right? Got ready. I had a Hershey. Melissa was doing her thing. I don't really know these guys. I just know the boss, man. His name's Robert. We got ready to leave. They were there. And I thought, ah, I just felt the Spirit say, you need to go pray for them. Just go pray over them, man. So I walk up to him. I said, hey, Robert, can you call you guys? He calls guys up. So I have a guy here. Robert's right here. Two other guys are standing in front of me. They're standing there looking at me because they don't speak English. They have no idea what I just said or why they're standing there. And I said, I, I don't know y'all well, but I love you, and I thank you for all the hard work you've done today at the house. I said, it's a hard day. Can I pray over you that God will bless you tonight, give you rest tonight, give you energy, bless your family, and give you favor as you continue to work for him? Yeah. So I just started praying. This guy right here, man. I'm praying, and all of a sudden, I get done, and he goes, 
And I said, hey, man, you good? He said, no. I said, what's up? He said, I'm 31. I'm 31. No one's ever touched me like that and prayed over me. I've had no one touch me like that in 31 years. No one's ever put a hand on me and prayed over me. And I just want you to know that felt so good. I didn't do anything, man. I did nothing. And this is not, old oh, Jeff did that. No, it's not Jeff. This is, you have got to be his disciple and bear fruit. I, what the world needs bad, man, what they're screaming is, will the real disciples in the real church of Jesus Christ stand up and be accountable? That's what the world wants. I didn't do anything. I had a 58-pound golden doodle sitting by me. He didn't move for, I don't, that was Jesus. He just stood, he just sat there. Amen, Melissa knows what I'm talking about. He didn't jump on anybody, all right? And he would have loved to jump on those concrete guys, and they would have loved it too. I just said, can I pray over you? And it touched his life, man. 31 years, no one's ever touched him and prayed for him. Can I tell you something? Some of you have beautiful fruit, and it needs to show to a world desperate and needing to see a disciple. If you don't know him, as Jesus told Nicodemus, don't be fooled, you need to be born again. Be grafted into Christ. He'll produce great fruit in your life. May it change your family. If you do know him and, and all the good stuff, even the good stuff, let him prune it so it become gooder. It can be all that God wants you to be, all right? What is pruning? It's letting a tree have a chance to be all that God wants that tree to be. Once you give yourself a chance to be all that God wants you to be, amen, let's stand together. I went long and you listened well, so thank you for that, all right? Let me pray over you. This altar's open. We'll pray over you. The altar right here, you can just come by yourself and pray. If you need the Lord, if you need to, if you need to get saved today, I'm just gonna call it what it is. If you need to get born again, do not leave this house, man. This world will never satisfy you, I promise you, man. Come to the Father and let him make you new, all right? As Proverbs said, I ask you to lean your heart in to see what you observe. Only about you. This is our time to react and move on what God spoke to us about. All right. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, you spoke. Man, you spoke. God, you met us right where we're at. One thing about the word of God is it reflects back what it sees. So God, you met us right where we're at. I pray, Father, that we understand you're a loving, loving Father, a gardener we can trust. So God, may we meet you now and be different because we met you. God, we love you now in Christ's name. Amen, amen. Church, if you need to come, you come this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.